Hola. Hola. ¿Cómo estás? So, that was a fun interview with our friend Buddy Gott. That was a great interview. I, mm -hmm. I love how he just talked. He's, he's like one of those guys. It's like the perfect guest. Yes. He, he thought he was rambling. I don't think he was. No. If anything, yeah. I was interrupting everybody. I think everybody. you were quiet again. <laughs> I always I'm think you're listening. the quietest. I know. You just, just listen. You're used to me being loud and goofy. That's all. <laughs> when it's just you and I? Yeah, yeah. I guess so. But no, that was a really fun show, and I think uh, I think our listeners are going to love it. I think so. I think he was a really interesting story, and I love how he was talking about getting away from some of the things that were taken away from the projects that he really wants to do. And I was really, mm -hmm. really honored that he said he got into podcasting partly because of some of the things that I we've know. done. I mean, how how great is that? That is so cool. And I love That's, like that my little advertisements, <laughs> there's like another person that right. the second time we've been told that. That's the second time somebody has used it. So, all right. Enjoy, buddy got. All right. Here we go. And we're off. <laughs> okay. Enjoy. Enjoy. Good. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> he said the most ridiculous things on the planet I know and okay okay and we're off all right happy birthday okay Marilyn I'll try to make it as as creepy and weird <laughs> yeah, it was as possible pretty creepy and weird <laughs> no mm -hmm. I gotta get a beer. <laughs> Those were the days. Yeah, we'd probably be doing that right now if this so really if, <laughs> if this was like two years ago, we'd be drinking every Sunday when we, we did would this. be because that would make it. There's that would no make doubt. It more fun. <laughs> oh, it'd be really fun. We'd probably sound like like bigger morons than we do now but oh my god we would have been the worst drinking buddies <laughs> the worst we, and yeah the best. we'd have been messy <laughs> yeah oh my word what oh nothing i just got a message from my brother-in-law he got himself a fancy writing utensil but it's a mechanical pencil mm -hmm. So we have Buddy today. Yes, uh, and I, he and I were both researching, <laughs> doing some some studying this morning because he was looking at my stories and I was looking at yeah, his. Yeah, he's been reading my stories too. <laughs> I yeah. haven't done any research because I'm me. We're not going to be short on uh, no. And he has his material. whole um, podcast he's doing now and. He's well, in fact, that's that's one thing he I just read a story he wrote. Speak of uh, the devil. Just there he is. <laughs> it's anticlimactic if he never shows up. <laughs> no, it's a buddy. Buddy. Oh, there he is. Hey, how's it going? Do you got your camera? 
<laughs> well, thank you. Well, thanks. So you may not have a crown, but you've got that luxurious, manly beard yeah, thing going on. Yeah, you've got that pretty sweet beard. It is pretty sweet. Oh, thanks. It's, uh, I don't know if you saw pictures of me a few months ago, but it was pretty long before. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I did. But you haven't had that that long, right? A uh, couple of years, maybe? No, I, I, well, I had never grown it that long. It probably took me about nine, ten months before, you know, to get to get to that length. And uh, I don't know, it, it was fun, but oh my gosh, there were there were just beard hairs everywhere. I'm, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure my wife is happy that I've trimmed it down some, and who knows when the winter months come, I'll probably grow it back. But thank you for the nice compliments. Yeah. Hey, welcome to well, the Unfocused Writer. It's great to meet you two sort of in person here. I've known you both for a <laughs> while on Medium. Yeah. Probably close to two years or for sure. something like yeah. that. I've been on Medium for almost four years, I think now. Um, and I know you, but I didn't know you as Buddy <laughs> yeah, for that's right. a long time. I knew you as Pierce for a yeah, couple of years, was- I thought. Well, maybe mm-hmm. yeah. until recently. Yeah, I just recently hit my two-year anniversary on Medium, and most of that time I was Pierce just until a couple months ago. And I um, I had come up with that pen name. I really liked it a lot. I got it from two of my favorite characters from the TV show MASH. I don't know how familiar <laughs> you are with MASH. Oh, yes, my Hawkeye, oh yeah. yeah. Hawkeye Absolutely. Pierce and Trapper John McIntyre. So That's awesome. I figured, hey, I was... Oh, thanks. Thanks. I'm not saying I'll never use it, but I kind of wanted to write under my own name. You know, I think for a lot of writers, that's their dream to have their own name. Maybe go into a library or a bookstore someday and see your name there. So fingers crossed. Yeah. And that'll I th- happen. there's I think there's an element, too, of when you first start out, you're not sure what yeah. you're going to put out there. So that's why everybody goes with the pseudonym, because you don't know what you're going to want, where you're going to settle. Exactly, exactly. And for me, I mean, I did a lot of writings online as Buddy got mostly nonfiction stuff, but I had some short stories, too, over the years. And even years ago, 10 years ago, I I hosted my own podcast that was for writers, and it was called Buddy's Writing Show. And I talked a lot on that show and in different articles that I wrote about dreaming to write. And a lot of fears just held me back from trying to write fiction and write a novel. And that's what sort of led me to starting up Pierce McIntyre too. Cause like you said, you know, I still wasn't sure exactly when I wanted to write, but I'd already talked so much about writing and I figured why not give myself a fresh start. And I think becoming Pierce and writing so much on medium, well, thankfully it boosted my confidence some. Yes. It made me realize that, uh, you know, I, I'm sure you've both experienced this, and I think most writers, whether or not they do fiction or nonfiction, have points, a lot of them, where they think, oh, gosh, I, am I any good at all? <laughs> Would anyone you know, really enjoy what I'm writing? Do I do I really know how to string sentences together properly? And, and you know, I, thankfully, I started believing in myself a little bit more with writing the hundreds of articles on Medium, and that led me to want to be Buddy again. What's funny is, and I'm sure you've heard this a thousand times, Pierce McIntyre is a really cool name, but Buddy Got <laughs> is even cooler. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Like, yeah. you have a great I, name. Oh, thanks. Thanks. So Buddy's not my real name. I but, figured, uh, but... <laughs> it's what I've It's what I've always gone by. Yeah. It's funny. I didn't even know what my real name was until the first day of kindergarten, because my parents oh, wow. always called me Buddy. And they were doing the roll call, and they said such and such got. And I'm like, oh, he's got the same last name as me. 
And, uh, <laughs> and then I found out. Because I'm, I'm a junior, so I was named after my father. And uh, actually, Buddy was his nickname, too. So I was Little Buddy for a long time. Little Buddy. Little Aww. Buddy. Oh, boy, that's going to stick now, isn't it? It is. <laughs> buddy. Who knows? We never know what's going to stick and what's not. It depends on how the rest of this goes. <laughs> True. You never True. know what you're getting with us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I both, I, I both, I enjoy your show quite a bit, and you two are part of the reason why I decided to do my own podcast. I was uh-huh. listening to some of your shows, and uh, I think uh, there was something, Chris, you wrote about in one of your recent stories on Medium that that you know it was something I could relate to, where you were talking about how you used to pretend that you were doing your own radio show. Yeah. When you were a kid, and I would do the same thing. I would sit there with my friends and record shows, and I'm like, gosh, that uh, sounds like those two. You know, those two I know are having a lot of fun. I ought to try this with the podcast. I mean, what I did years ago was on YouTube, and, of course, that's a much different thing. And right and now I've done – well, I've got two of them. I've got my Gotta Pop, which is about pop culture, and then the Story to Page podcast, which I do with my wife, Lisa, which is all about books and writing. And so far it's been a blast. That's awesome. And that's again, awesome. I, I thank both of you for inspiring me. Well, that's me great. There. You know what, Christy? See, that means a lot because that means that all this buffoonery is actually <laughs> – going somewhere good like i'm sure buddy looked at it and said if these two idiots can do it i can do it you should put together like a little ad that we can run on the show for your podcast we totally would Mm -hmm. (laughs) that'd be awesome um i haven't had a chance to listen to yours yet um oh you stuck man I know. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm a kidding. real piece I'm of shit. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's um, hard to listen to all the podcasts and read all the stories by friends who are involved in these sorts of things. It's that's it's almost that's absolutely true because we're all kind of doing the same sort of thing and we're all kind of coming up together. We have starting on medium a couple of three years ago, whatever it was, we're all kind of following the same trajectory where we have our our love hate relationship with medium the platform and it leads to wanting to do things off of medium so you're doing a little of this you're doing a little of that and you can't possibly consume all the content even even the stuff your best friends put out you can't consume it all it's true. I mean, where's the time? You just—it's it, almost impossible to have the time to do all that. As much as I'd love to, I've got so many. I mean, like the both of you, I follow so many people on Medium, and I've made legit friendships there, like a right. lot of them. And I would love to read everybody, but it's hard. And especially, you know, a lot of the longer stories—they—they they have like you know seven, eight minutes reading time, and that's uh, a lot of times when I go to sit down to read a story, that's about all I've got, if even it's, that. It's so funny too, because sometimes you're like. Oh, seven minutes. Oh, I yeah. can't possibly invest <laughs> that kind of time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. It's true. But you do. I think everyone understands that. I think you you don't expect your friends to read all the stuff you do. Now, exactly. Christy expects me to read everything she writes. Yes, and I for do. the most part, I do. Mm-hmm. But I don't read everything he writes. Yeah, it's a it's a well, one no, way street that's over a here. Lie. I get to it eventually. <laughs> get to I it. I'm just giving you crap. <laughs> and one thing I learned a while ago, especially with 
my friends who write fiction is sometimes you don't want to let them know that you're reading their works as well. I don't know if, if you two have experienced that with friends who write novels, but I learned pretty early. First, I would buy a book by a friend of mine who wrote one and I'd be like, oh, yeah, Fred, I'm reading your book. And then I'm like a few chapters into it. I'm like, oh, man, I'm, I don't know if I'm even going to finish this. It's really not my thing. And and right. then you feel like, you feel like dirt because you don't want to share that. So with, with some of my friends who write fiction, maybe I'll keep it quiet until after I've read their work, you know, yeah. whether or not I'm, uh, well, yeah, if I like it, then I'll compliment them. And I, I don't feel any, I feel good about it. <laughs> that's interesting. And because you're talking about fiction, I read in your piece about, um, you wrote it in plethora of pop and how you're scaling that back. You know, I've talked to a few publishers on medium that are doing something similar. Christy and I are doing with song stories. Um, Kevin Alexander reached out to me and he said he was going to do it with one of his publications too. just scale it back and make it a very personal, very intimate select group of people writing for it. And I read that that's what you're doing with your publication. It is, it is. And I think, um, well, you, you had, uh, here's another thing way that you inspired me, Chris. I mean, I think a while back you had done that with one of your publications. I, I can't remember which one it was, uh, but you had, it was it was more or less resorting to a team of writers, a set team of writers. And I figured that might be yeah. a good, good way to go with plethora of pop, because at this point there was a well over 100 writers for the publication. And well, I don't have to tell you what it's like as an editor. I mean, it, it's wonderful having those submissions and that people want to publish with you, but it, it does take up a lot of time to read them. And especially when you get into maybe someone who needs multiple edits, it's a lot of back and forth. And I know a couple, well, a few weeks ago before I decided to do this, I had one Friday where I, I was like five or six hours just doing editing stuff before I was able able to you know dive into my own writing and I'm like you know uh, I, I think this might, I think this might have to you know I might have to make some changes here so I like the idea I've had I've had it for a while where there have been uh, a, a few writers for Plethora Pop who had who had already been editors so they were publishing things on their own and uh, that was working out really well and then I had started a different publication called Sloth Book Reviews. And that yeah. was I used that model where it was just a team of writers. They were doing their own thing. I was doing my own thing. I would keep a loose eye and I still am keeping an, a loose eye on the stories that are submitted and published by them to make sure that mediums rules are being followed. I don't want to, there right. to be any violations where we might get closed down. But when I gave these people, you know, this power, <laughs> I, I did it because I trusted them entirely and I didn't expect there to be problems. And that's what I'm moving toward with Plethora Pop. So it's going to be a smaller team. And with that, um, already I'm finding I've got more time to work on the fiction, which I'm very, very excited about. Well, and that's that's where I was leading, because your story was about how you're now getting back to working on writing your fiction and your novel that you had been working on years ago. Yeah, yeah, it's um it's a murder mystery and it's funny. This one actually the character that's in this, he's a he's he's a, he's a private investigator and I I started writing about him about 20 years ago. Actually, it was oh, wow. over 20 years ago. The first book I did with this character, I remember it was 1999 when I started writing it. He actually has a different name now than he did then, but he's a he's a private eye in this small town. Uh, the town has changed over the years too. First, he was in Delaware, just like I am, in a fictitious yeah. 
fictitiously named town that is nearly identical to where I live. And mm -hmm. now he's in the Pacific Northwest because I had a great vacation there with my wife a few years ago. So uh, in a fictitious town in the Northwest and he's undergone location changes, name changes. But uh, for whatever reason, I think it goes back to what I we talked about a little while ago where I just had these fears where I would get, you know, even halfway into the story or more than halfway. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if this is any good. Is anyone going to like this? And then I, I'll put it aside for a little while. And then the next thing you know, it's been a year since I've looked at it. Right. And then I would go, then I would go, well, let me put him in this different story. And then let me yeah. put him in a different story. And now he's in a story that's sort of a combination of two of the ones that I was most happy about years ago. So it, it's kind of, I know I'm kind of rambling there and hope, hopefully there won't be so much rambling in the story <laughs> itself, but I've done it. What's been fun lately is I've been doing just a lot of practice things. I'll get an idea for a scene. I'm not even actually into the whole um, actual story writing yet. I've done a lot of outlining with it and right. just different scenes with different characters who I know I want to use just playing around with different things. And it, it's going to be this I, I hope interesting hybrid of things. Are, are either of you familiar with the old TV show Twin Peaks that was on? I, I watched it years ago. Yeah, well, it was uh, it was very quirky. Uh, you had some uh, murder mystery on there it and was. some intrigue, yeah. but there was some uh, yeah some some kind of uh, there was definitely humor in there too, and that's what I want to have too. I want to have sort of a mixture along those lines. I definitely have a lot of humor in there, and I know I say humor funny, like I live like I live in Philly or New York, but uh, <laughs> humor. Every time I say it, my wife gets all She says you, you pronounce it with a Y at the beginning. I'm like, oh. I live in Delaware. That's how we talk. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm having a blast with it. And I, and I don't know. Do either of you write much fiction? I, I know you do an awful lot of nonfiction in the publications. I, Every time I try fiction, I don't like, like I have, it's challenging for me, but I, I do try, but um, it, like my fiction really tends to be. It's a different world. It is. It is. I it, tend to write fiction that's like memoir type, you know what I mean? Or like um, character point of view characters and like I like things like that but doing a I don't know it's hard <laughs> it, it, it's a it's a lot different and one thing for me I, I like writing in the first person so that maybe I can use some of my own yeah struggles even even in this thing that's got some a lot of quirky humor in it you know I'm touching upon maybe there are some things about this character naturally that come from inside of me I think I think you'll find that I guess with any writer and uh Maybe some of the struggles I've gone through, I've been able to work into him, and who, who knows? Maybe that's therapeutic in a way. I think I think it is for a lot of writers. Yeah, I think so. And I think I've read and heard from people I know that have written books that you have to take elements of people you know and drop them into characters in their stories. You have to. Okay. So let me tell you a quick story. This is going to be a brief interlude. My kids wouldn't get <laughs> off of their screens this morning. So something really strange happened in the house and the internet and all the power went out. It was just catastrophic. Wow. And uh, amazingly to entertain themselves, they went out on the swing set and everything was fine. <laughs> so <laughs> They no. went outside. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. I know. Um, no, what I was saying was that you take elements of people, you know, and put them into characters for mm -hmm. your books. You, you kind of have to get the characters from somewhere. You I got to go let the dog in. 
What did you say? She's going to let the dog in. Oh. <laughs> Continue. See, we're so unfocused. <laughs> That's one of the things that uh, I was excited about when you first came out with your show when I saw the unfocused writer because uh, I like – most, well, I don't know about most, but like a lot of writers, I, I definitely have problems with focus. And what's actually interesting is when my wife and I got together, we got together because we were both writers. We we met in writing groups online. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, this was uh, back in 2013. I guess we got to know each other a little bit online, just, just a little bit. We would see each other following the same hashtags on Twitter and things like that. And I think we right. were in a couple of the, the same writing groups on Facebook. And so we, we got, we got to know each other a little bit there and I thought she was really cute. And that's when I was hosting my own writing show and I wrote to yeah. her and I said, Hey, you want to be on my show? And I read her book. She had pu already published two books and, that, and then we just never stopped talking after that. But yeah, after we, <laughs> after we got together um, and we had been married I, I was working on things and she saw that I, I was struggling sometimes with the fiction I was working on. And, yeah. And and she said and I and I would say I have a hard time focusing. I know I'm probably just lazy. Maybe I'm just too lazy. And she said, you know, I don't I don't think you're lazy at all. I think you might have ADHD. And yeah. it was at 48 years old. I learned after some testing that I have ADHD and it wasn't that I was a lazy writer. It was just that I had that hard time focusing. Yeah. So when I saw the name of your podcast, I'm like, oh, that sounds like it's perfect for me to listen to because I am an unfocused writer and well, unfocused <laughs> in a lot of things in my life. And thankfully, you know, with learning that I have the ADHD, I've I've learned some tools to combat that and deal with it in my everyday life, you know, meditation, things like that. I don't want to go too yeah. far down that crazy road. But uh, but yeah, I think focus is a lot is a big problem for a lot of writers, whether they have ADHD or not. It is. And and part of this show was just wanting to highlight that we can still be writers. We can still be unfocused. We can still be ourselves. And this show is pretty much putting that on display. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, fuck it. We're just going to be ourselves and put this out into the world and see what happens. Right? Yeah, exactly. And Christy. that's it. That's one thing that's nice about. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Chrissy. Hi. Sorry. <laughs> No, but yeah, I think that's what been one of the nice things about, you know, your podcast and a lot of the things that, you know, we've seen from our friends on Medium. A lot of people are just saying, fuck it. And they're just putting themselves out there. And that gives you some confidence and you figure, hey, I'm going to try some other things. And, you know, maybe yep. sometimes they don't work the way that you wanted to, but sometimes you knock it out of the park with those things, too. Yeah, it kind of snowballs because once you get the confidence to try something and for for Christy and I, Christy, I hope you don't mind. I speak for you, but we really had to just kind of just make peace with this was whatever it's going to be. We have no expectation of a result. We're just going to be ourselves, dump this out into the world and let it go like a, you know, like a dandelion seed in the wind. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. 
I think that's the best approach. I know. I think you wrote a piece about that too. And I know in one show you were talking about someone who had left you a bad review because they figured <laughs> you two weren't focused or so, enough on that. And I'm like, guys, it's it's the unfocused. I mean, and it's fun. I I I love the way that you do the show, and I, I think it's it's great because you can just you you can go in all these directions on each episode that you had no intention of going in when you started. It's fantastic. No, and we have fun with it. It's it's you know our friendship. We really put that out there, and we you know have an easy time talking with one another, and and uh, it's fun. We just we want to have fun. And that's, that's right. You two having fun comes across in the episodes. I know I was listening to some of the, even the very early ones. I'm like, these two sound like they grew up together. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, you two play off of each other so well. We're, we think we're the same person, actually. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the older side, but. <laughs> Christy will tell you, we had, we had, we, we had started and we had some expectations and then we kind of changed the plan and then we did that. <laughs> and so we were just like, you know what, this is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for a while we we thought, well, we can't just be about writing. We're so much more. We're so much more as people. So we kind of got off a little bit what we were trying to to do, <laughs> and then we reined it back in. Just uh, it's fine. We reined it back in by letting it go. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. Um, you know, because as writers, we ha we do have full lives. We do have other things in our lives. And I think other writers can relate to that. You oh, know? Yeah, what else? Definitely. One other thing that happened to us, too, is when we started, we said, oh, we're not going to talk about medium or at mm. least not exclusively. And then just a couple of months ago, we said, why would we not talk about that? That's how we've made all these friendships. It's mm -hmm. still there. We still enjoy every bit of it. It drives us all crazy. That's part of it. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, why not talk about that? Yeah, Most exactly. of our audience is from Medium, probably. Right. I assume. And and like you, buddy, yeah. you said you have legitimate friendships because of it. And it's true. before I started there, I didn't really know that was a thing. I didn't realize how social it would become. But I it absolutely is. No, oh, it either. totally is. I mean, I know some people you, I've seen just have, have compared it to Facebook. They said that they gave up Facebook because they enjoy interacting with people on Medium. It's sort of become this own. I don't I don't know if it really falls into the social media category, but uh, in a lot of ways it is, I guess. You know, you see people conversing with each other on there day after day. And and yeah, why not talk about it on a show like this? I know that probably most of the guests that I have on my podcast are going to be people that I know from Medium mm -hmm. because we have similar interests and, uh, you know, that we have similar passions. So why not? Right. Why not embrace that? I do wonder if Medium realized how much of a community they would become when they first started out, because it, it is a, a community based platform. Um, it is. For and, then, sure. and then we trickle over, you know, you've got your groups on Twitter, <laughs> you yeah. know, and how we, how we interact in different platforms is interesting because it's different. People interact differently really in Instagram. They interact differently on Twitter on, you know, in comments on medium. It's just, it's fascinating where you know it how really those pockets is. fall 
And, yeah, and I think bringing up Twitter was 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 brilliant because I know even with you two, you know, of course I knew your works on Medium, but then I would see you more and more on Twitter, and uh, you know, you see you a, different a different side of someone. That's right, yeah. it's a different side. I'm only yeah. really on Twitter to make jokes. And read yeah. Like I'm exactly. only on there to have a good time. I really don't give a shit about building a brand <laughs> or, you know, promoting myself. I don't care. I'm just there for jokes. But 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 that's great because that's that's actually what I was going to say next is, you know, I think some of the pieces that I first read from you in particular, Chris, it was maybe they were a little more on the serious side. And, and same with you, Christy, talking about different things in your life that maybe you've had some trouble with. And then then I see you on Twitter. I'm like, man, these two are hilarious. I didn't know, I didn't know this side of them. And, that's, and then you hear the podcast and, and you see that that just is the truth. It's not just words on Twitter. It's like you two have great senses of humor. And uh, I'm not saying your stuff on medium is by any means yeah. not funny you work a lot of humor into that too but it, it, it like you said it, it's just nice seeing people in these different venues i think too <laughs> um yeah we're goofy as shit um <laughs> i think i think everyone has all these different sides of them mm-hmm. and i i love to i love the idea of bringing that out in people like Christy and I said a couple of weeks ago when we were doing the show, we took a, we did season one, we did like 12 episodes or something. And we've been off for like a month. You're our mm-hmm. first, first one back for a few mm-hmm. weeks or something. But um, what the fuck was I saying? I'm so unfocused. Uh, um, we took a break. We, we were talking parts of each other. And- oh, I, I, I think there's all these <laughs> hidden parts to thank you guys. I think there's all these hidden parts to people that we don't you don't get to see when you only see stories on medium or one of those things. I think each one of those uh, platforms is a different window into somebody. Yeah. And that's what we wanted to explore on the podcast, too, with our guests is who is this person? Oh, and that's what I wanted to say, Christy. Before. Yeah. We want to get to know the person on a much deeper level than just what they put out. And we've had discussions on, okay, first off, how deep can we go where it's still comfortable for the guest? But we want this to be more of a of a real conversation and not a, okay, tell me about your story or tell me about your podcast or whatever. You know, we want, we want deeper than that because I think those are the things that people relate to. Yeah, I I think you're right. And I think that goes both ways. I mean, for listeners and the people that come on to the shows and, and participate, I know when on my old show, I interviewed a writer, he was, he was fairly successful in the the sci-fi and fantasy world. And, I asked him to come on the show. He goes, I would love to come on the show, but I don't really want to talk about my books. And I'm like, well, yeah, you're pretty successful. Maybe that. we should talk about your books. But he was more interested in talking about just life, it's sort of the approach that you two take. And I know you had told me, Chris, beforehand, before before we did this, that sort of, you know, it's loose. We're just going to see where it goes. And that's what I did with that guy. And it, it ended up being great. Sure, we briefly talked about the books, but real life stuff was more interesting for him mm-hmm. to talk about and for our, the listeners to listen to. You know, we're all music nerds here, too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was waiting for that to come up. I think that's how I first discovered you through song stories, through the well, original incarnation of song stories. And I was at the riff. I was there. I started song stories. And then Dr. Berg, of all people, introduced me to Noah Levy. 
Oh, okay. And I talked to Noah on the phone a couple of times before he disappeared on his uh, his pilgrimage or wherever the hell he went for a long right. time. And while yeah, he was gone, time. he handed over the reins to Kevin. And is it, were you involved? I wasn't ever part of uh, running okay. it, but I, yeah, I think I came in probably just after you did. Right. So I, I elected to keep song stories, and eventually Christy pirated it from me but you uh, I remember you that gave it to me you begged me you know that was an olive branch that was because i knew i wanted to be your friend Aww. that's a really nice olive branch there what a sweet Isn't gesture it? here's it my is. publication <laughs> that was your birthday present last year it was <laughs> well, what are you gonna get her next year i mean that's uh hey buddy her birthday yeah. is today no way. Oh, really? Yeah. Happy birthday. Oh, get yeah. out of here. What the hell? Where is it? <laughs> right here. Oh, excuse me. Yay. Yes. That is really cool. Before you came on, I was singing weird happy birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's very weird. <laughs> well, gosh, I feel like I, I'm very honored to be here on your birthday show. Aww. That's awesome. And she I have said, to say the truth. Yeah, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but your hair is awesome. I, I really oh, like your you. hair. My wife has thought that, too, because my wife recently uh, – well, well, she decided to stop dyeing her hair. So Gray is coming in, and she's pretty excited about that. I don't know if you prefer gray or silver, but she had seen a picture of you, too, and she goes, her hair looks wonderful. Aww. I hope mine comes in like that. And it's I true. It's really that. cool. <laughs> yeah, no, it's always nice to hear because it is a big deal. You know, I told her that, but I'm a little brother, that. so I guess it doesn't count. Yeah, yeah. And every, every so often I'm like, should I go back to blonde? Should I go back to blonde? And this one's like, no, it looks great the way it is. <laughs> It looks awesome. I know for my wife, I think she had, well, she had done that, let it come in gray some. And then she's like, well, let me, let me try dyeing it again. She goes, you know, I miss the gray because yeah. it is a uh, sort of like natural, you know, natural highlighting or whatever you want to call it. But, it is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, uh, go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I just wrote a piece last week about how like we're always battling aging and I watch my wife mm -hmm. every night. Mm -hmm. Like do this whole thing. And I've come to realize I don't really think that it's to try and keep herself young. I think she just likes the way it feels, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, so yeah. it, I don't judge. I don't care. I just noticed, you know, how right. she's doing all this work and I'm sitting my fat ass on the couch watching the game because <laughs> I, I don't care. I don't have to do any of this. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> Yeah, I think in a lot of ways, uh, guys just naturally have it easier with all of that. Although, admittedly, I dyed my beard for many years before I decide, decided to let it go. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> probably, gosh, probably close to 10 years. Mainly wow. for that, it was because I was getting it all here, but there wasn't any up here. And it just sort of looked weird. Yeah. So I'm like, well, let me dye it for a while. And then that got to be just a big pain in the ass. I was dying it every week. I was spending a fortune yeah. on this ridiculous dye, getting it all over my fingers and shit. And it was my son sees the just for men, like one day beard commercials on TV. And the ad <laughs> says that it's supposed to make it like softer. <laughs> He's like, dad, you need that. Cause it's all scratchy. 
<laughs> oh. I'm like, he's like, it's gray and scratchy. Either get rid of it or grow it. <laughs> Tracks me up. Just wait. You know, when he gets old enough, he'll enjoy not shaving and he'll I'm do the sure. same thing. Who knows? <laughs> Shaving's so overrated. It is. <laughs> All right. Um, what was I going to ask you? Shit, I lost it. You two are a blast, man. Uh, I was going to ask you something else, but I totally lost it. What do you got, Christy? What's next? What's next? What are what are some of the questions we like to ask and make our guests very, very uncomfortable? I was going to see if he wanted to talk about his podcasts anymore. Oh, yeah. And kind of give them, you know, give them a little love here. Oh, Oh, and, I appreciate uh, that. Yeah, tell, tell our millions of listeners all about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I have two podcasts. <laughs> As, um, some, some of your listeners who know me from Medium, and we talked about this earlier, know I, um, the biggest thing I've done on Medium has been my plethora of pop publication, which is all about pop culture, primarily music, but also movies and TV. And I wanted to bring those elements to a podcast. So I created the got a pop podcast, which is about those things. Primarily I've done, I think five shows so far. I've done just one, a couple by myself, but then I had guests on the other ones and I'm, I'm mixing it up. Like on the first show I had Chris Zappa on. I think you both know Chris pretty He's well. He's supposed to be on the show and he and I have been battling for weeks to try and get this scheduled. Uh, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, he's got Chris little kids. Awesome. Yeah. He's great. Yeah, he is. He was, uh, he was my first guest and we talked about the music of Steely Dan on that show. Cause we're both big fans of Steely Dan. And, um, then I did one by myself because I, I wanted to mix it up. Actually, Chris inspired me. Cause I don't know if you've listened to the Zappagram. I podcast. have listened to his. Yeah. He does a great job with that. And I loved how in his episodes, you know, he will, he will mix it up a little bit. He'll talk about new music, but then he'll even talk about, you know, musicians, birthdays and things like that. So I'm like, well, why don't I do a show by myself? I'll have three sections to it. And so I did one like that. And then I had uh, Terry Barr on, yep. do you know, Terry Barr from Medium. Yeah. He, he was great. We talked country music. Now that's, a, that's something I want to do with the show. Maybe delve into different types of music and other things in pop culture that I myself maybe don't normally you know, listen to or watch. And I asked him to recommend a couple country albums to me. So he did That's that. That's funny because I don't that. know if he's a country fan historically. Yeah, I think he kind of bounces all around. I mean, he definitely he likes rock and he listens to Pink Floyd and some other things. And I think even more like some Southern rock sometimes. Um, but yeah, he he's a record collector too. And I think he's gotten into a kick lately of buying old records in shops by like Loretta Lynn and Johnny Cash and some of the older legendary country artists. So he, he recommended a Loretta Lynn album and then a newer artist. So uh, kind of mixing it up. And then my wife and I did one yesterday together uh, where we talked about the shows uh, survivor and farmer wants a wife, which are two big reality shows on the air. And so a little bit of everything on there. And uh, so that's been fun. And then Lisa, that's my wife, and I are also, since we're both book lovers and writers, we're Penelope. doing a show about, 
<laughs> I'm sorry. You mean Penelope? Penelope. <laughs> yeah, Penelope. That's right. Yeah, my wife was Penelope Mayfield. That was her pen name. We both, without planning it, we both had PM as our initials for our pen names. Oh, that's funny. I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we even said that if we ever decided to self-publish, we would start our own line and call it like PM Books or so another thing that we're not going to rule out, but who knows? But um, so we decided to do one about books and writing that we're only doing at this point once a month because just of life and being busy. She is actually um, in school right now. She's going for her master's in I think, master's in creative writing. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. She just um, she just got her regular degree last year in English and I think it was English and creative writing. I, I don't I don't know exactly what it is. Don't Lisa, don't listen to this later. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's it's in creative writing. And that, that just takes up a lot of her time. But it's fun doing the show because, you know, we're talking about we're basically talking about books that each of us have read and, you know, how how maybe we feel as writers even reading them, maybe lessons we have learned from them. And uh, it, it, we've only done a couple shows so far, but it's been a blast. So that's cool. We find ourselves kind of tripping because Christy and I watch a lot of the same shows too. And once in a while, if we're, you know, struggling for something to talk about, we're like, so what are you watching? <laughs> we start talking about something we watch on TV. And a lot of those ideas have come from books. Yeah. Yeah. And it pisses me off that Hollywood just keeps recycling the same crap when we know as writers and readers of books, there are so many great ideas out there that they could take oh, yeah. and make. Um, yeah, exactly. And, and they're getting really lazy with it, too. Now, I don't mind some things like, for example, I was a fan of the old Night Court TV show. And that oh, was yeah. that recently came back. I don't know if you've seen the the, the new version of it. It's it's not it's not uh, as good, I think, as the original, but it's 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 a continuation of the original. So for me, I kind of like that, that you're seeing like the main character is the daughter of the judge from the original show. I kind of like some of those continuations if they're done well enough. Uh, but they have these reboots where they're taking just the tiniest premise from an original show or a movie and then turning it into something new. For example, do you remember the old show Matlock that Andy Griffith starred in? Yeah. And, yeah. They're bringing there. There's going to be a new Matlock in the fall on CBS. And I had heard about this and it's going to star Kathy Bates, who I think is a wonderful actress from Misery and so many things. And I figured, OK, they're just going to make, you know, a female version of Matlock. So I'll give that a chance. That might be cool. And I just saw uh, they, they put out a little trailer teaser on it. And the only thing that they're keeping is the name Matlock. They showed a clip where you see her as a lawyer with a bunch of other lawyers, I guess, in this big firm she's going to go to work for. And they're like, Matlock. And she goes, yeah, just like the old TV show. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So that all is they're the, trying to do is crazy. capitalize on the name. They're just capitalizing on the name. That's it. At first, I was going to give it a chance because I figured, OK, it's not a bad idea to have, you know, just a female version of this you know, legendary TV character. I, I'm, I'm down with that. But it's just it's just laziness, I think. Well, just call it something else. You really couldn't have made yeah. her like his daughter or something. That's what I was thinking or a sister or something I mean, where you have some con if, if you're going to use the name, have some connection to the original source. And, and yeah, like you said, there's just uh, I don't know. There's so many talented writers out there and so many stories waiting to be told. And 
uh, yeah, you see the same stuff over and over again. That's why I think when something fresh and exciting comes out, it just really shines because unfortunately that's rarer and rarer now. Years ago, I read a book series called it was called Wool and it was written, I think, as a serial novel. And I remember the scuttlebutt back then was they were going to try and make it into a movie. But it was kind of before streaming was what it is now. Mm -hmm. uh, and they just released the, the, I think there's been three episodes aired or something. They they changed the name of it. It's called Silo and it's on Apple Plus. Oh, yeah. It was a That's book series at, written as I a remember. serial novel years ago. And it's amazing. Wow. I was always curious about that because uh, when I uh, when I started hosting that show that I told you about, a lot of it centered around uh, a lot of my guests were indie authors. Right. And the author of that was uh, Hugh Howie. Yes. And and he was this legend for, you know, self-published authors back then because he was one of the first ones that really hit it big. I think he self-published wool because yeah. I bought it when I bought it at first. It was called. It was called Wool, and I bought the Omnibus, which was like the first five chapters or ch sections or something. Oh, yeah, I, re I remember how it came out like that, the Omnibus. And, and uh, yeah, it, it, boy, and there, that's something that it, it took over 10 years to really take off. And I think you nailed it because I remember I remember that it was big news that he had sold the rights to it, and it looked like it was going to be a movie, just a regular yeah. two-hour movie. and. And thank goodness things have changed the way they have now, where you can do a longer project through these streaming shows. Well, and what I'm really appreciative of is when you make it more than just a movie, you can really explore the characters more. You can explore, you can take his descriptions of the, I mean, this is a, it's a giant silo underground that 5,000 people, it's an aircraft carrier stood on end and stuck down in the ground. You know, oh, wow. it's really interesting and they took this whole society and put it underground and cut it off from the rest of the world. And you get to see his vision come to life, whereas you can't you don't have time to do that in a two hour movie. Yeah, you're exactly right. And it, that's that's a good reminder to me that I, I wanted to read that when it was new 10, 11, 12 years ago, whenever it was. And I, I was curious to watch this new show. Isn't it on Apple or it's something on like Apple? That? Yep. Yeah. Apple's got some good stuff. They've they, got a lot. I just asked my wife about this the other night because I said, why are we always watching all this crap on Apple? Like, I don't watch <laughs> anything on any other service as much as we watch there. And wow. she said they're more they're They just curate their stuff more. Yeah. When they first started out, I remember we had it day one when it started, I guess like probably almost three years ago now. And at first I was wondering if there was going to be enough that would warrant us paying for it every month because we, like <laughs> we pay for so many different services every month. But right from the get-go, they were good with that. The morning show, I always liked that and uh, a couple other things. And now Ted Lasso, of course, has just gone oh, through yeah. the roof. We're just kind of getting into that. We just started season two of that. Do you watch that? Yep. We, we're yeah. current, I think. Oh, okay. I think there's only two episodes left in season three, right? Christy, are you I watching it? Yeah. Yeah. There's only one episode left. Oh, shit. It. Oh, okay. Is it one, but, one or um, two? Yeah. It might be the season. Yeah, is it the series finale? No. Oh, I thought they were doing one more season. I think I heard they're doing another season. Mm. But wow. uh, yeah, I love that one so far. I know I strayed off the point there from what we were talking about. Sorry about that. No, it's okay because <laughs> there's another 
there's another show we're watching too. I think Christy, is it shrinking? It's yeah. the same oh. writing staff. Yes. It's, um, they're both from producer Bill Lawrence, who had right. done Scrubs many years ago. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, his wife his uh, wife is um, in it. His wife is in it, and she was, of course, on Scrubs as well. Mm-hmm. And, I love uh, her. Yeah. The guy that plays um, – who's the angry guy on Ted Lasso? He's hilarious. Oh, Roy oh, Kent. Um, he, uh, yeah, Brett Roy Goldstein. Kent. Yeah. He's a writer and a producer for it. For the show. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, yeah, he's and he's writing writer. for Shrinking, too, I think. Oh, get mm-hmm. out of here. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah we were just... Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> okay, and I'll go ahead. go. <laughs> I shall go. I saw um, an interview with Bill Lawrence where he said he loves to use the different actors from his shows, you know, maybe even in the smallest of roles in his other shows. Like he's hoping to work some of the Ted Lasso people into shrinking at some point. And, uh, you know, just to, just to mix it up a little bit. I know he had one of the actors from scrubs recently on shrinking. It was, um, the guy who played the janitor. On oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah he, he worked him into a small role in, uh, in shrinking shrinking. I thought was just fantastic. That, that blew me away. Yeah. So I loved it. I mean, any, Anytime you can you can take mental health issues and make them that funny, that's going to yeah. be relatable. <laughs> exactly. And that was uh, quite an ending. But I don't want to say what it was for people who haven't watched it yet. But it ended on quite a quite an interesting note. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, but, there's uh, the boop. Yeah, the boop. The boop. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And my wife and I are constantly doing that now to each other. You know, just boop, boop. Not yep. really pushing each other off of anything dangerous but, <laughs> but um one th- one place i was starting to go with that before i got very unfocused myself was just that you know those streaming services are so wonderful for things you know like silo and one of the ones that my wife and i enjoyed recently was the first season of interview with the vampire they did that oh, okay um, you remember the move the mm-hmm. Anne Rice of course book series and there was this movie many years ago with Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt and I loved the books. Now I didn't read all of them. I think there's been over a dozen of them, but I read the first few. Mm-hmm. And the movie adaptation with Cruise and Brad Pitt from over twenty years ago now I thought was good, but when they just recently adapted it for I wanna say it was on AMC plus. Um they got so much more into the story, things that had been missing in that, that original two hour movie, they could really tap into better. So I, I love the direction things are going. Did they show yeah. him going through, like, I remember kind of read the book so long ago, it must have been over 30 years, but um, I remember with Lestat, I think in the books they had him going through different time periods and showing what he was like in those time periods. Did they do anything like that? A little bit. They, they actually changed this around a little bit. This one is more focused on Louis from mm-hmm. the first book. And Lestat's in there, but they brought it a little bit more into the future than the books portrayed. I think the books might have started out in – was it the 1700s? Do you remember, Christy? I can't remember when I don't when remember. They, and maybe I'm thinking of the book Lestat. Maybe maybe that's where they 
Yeah, because I, yeah, I think, yeah, I, like you, I first read these over 30 years ago. It was like the late <laughs> 80s when I read those books. Yeah. So they're a little fuzzy for me. But uh, but yeah, I um, they touched upon it more with Louis in this one and a little bit with Lestat because Louis the one telling the story. But um, yeah, it's interesting because they sort of updated it but didn't um, they have the, an interview going on in this where he is being interviewed by the same person who interviewed Louie in the original book, except this is supposed to be David. 20 or 30 years after that first interview. So time-wise it, it almost matches up because in the original books, they took place, I think in the late seventies, that's when the first interview took place. And here it is 30 years later and he's being interviewed by the same person again except they allude to the fact that there may have been things that he didn't really be honest. He didn't fully let out in the first interview. Mm -hmm. So you're seeing some things that, um, you know, maybe weren't in the original story. And I give them props too, because they really did update it. Like Louis, for example, is black in the, in this new adaptation. And, and he, he wasn't in the original. He, he was a white Frenchman as far as we knew. And very he, she was very descriptive about what they looked like. Yeah, exactly. And this one, um, it takes – I think it, uh, it – the original books were in Europe. They started there before they moved to the U.S. And this starts in uh, New Orleans, which was, of course, a big part of the original books. So there are some minor changes and maybe in some ways big changes there. But they really stuck to what made the story wonderful, I thought. And they just wrapped up their first season, and I know they got picked up for a second season. And I'm thinking they didn't finish what was in the first book yet, so – I think they're going to maybe finish up what was in Interview with a Vampire and then move on to what was in the book you were talking about, The Vampire of Lestat, the second one, which to me is, was my favorite, actually. Yeah, I think that was my favorite, too. You got him being a rock star yeah. and yeah. stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that's too. what I'm talking about. Yeah, that yeah. was pretty awesome. I like He was a rock star in the 80s. That was good stuff. Yeah. And then he became the basis of, I think, the majority of the books after that. It was like Louis was forgotten, but – there I go rambling again, being unfocused. Sorry. <laughs> oh no, this is no, good stuff. Okay. We're, we're this is gold. Off. I can't remember how much how much we remember actually. For I mean, I have not picked up an Anne Rice book since the 90s <laughs> <laughs> i met her once i went to a book signing and she was just so cool I, I was probably the 400th person in line but she was talking to me as if i was in the front you know the, one of the first ones there she was so sweet and you know she i was complimenting her like i know everyone else did before but she was just 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 so very nice it, it was really wonderful meeting her very it's cool gotta lady. be exhausting I would think so. <laughs> it's got to be because, you know, obviously they hear that. Of course, it, it's got to be wonderful to hear from person after person that, you know, they love your works and they think you're mm -hmm. fantastic. But, uh, yeah, it, it's got to be a lot on a person. Yeah. You know, when I get, you know, tens of comments on my medium stories, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> totally overwhelmed. <laughs> I know what you mean, man. <laughs> I had I like 51 claps the other day, you know. From, oh, man. How do you handle that people, success? 51 people. Oh. <laughs> you got it's 51 my mother, reads. My mother gives me one clap. I had to like have a talking to her about that. I'm like, it makes it look like somebody didn't like what I wrote. If you just leave me, I said, I know it's stupid. <laughs> they, are think, they are thinking about changing that. Just oh, so make it one clapping. clap. Nobody, Nobody likes should. the 50 claps. <laughs> 
it confuses people, and a lot of people just don't understand. Well, from what I understand, it, it was different years ago before I joined media. I mean, didn't mm-hmm. it used to count for how much the writers were paid to, the amount of claps that they got? Something like that. Uh, they were yeah. just digging into that on the Medium Slack writers channel the other day, and they're they're trying to figure out how to fix a lot of that stuff. Yeah, I think they should just make it like like a like a like button. Yeah. Like yes. The other, you either yeah. like it or you don't. I don't want to yeah. say, but I do. When I read something I like, I stay and clap fifty times. So do That's I. That's what I do. Yeah. Some people I have think really everybody does. Symptoms for it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, they they grade you. Yeah. You got forty one claps because this is like a B plus effort. You know. <laughs> yeah, I saw. Well, I forget who. Well, I'm not going to name who this person. I know who it was, but they were saying that if they didn't read the whole thing and they just felt like skimming, it's like, well, then I'm going to give it 17 claps. I'm like, are you serious? You uh, they had this weird. Oh my god! Up. You can curse on here. It was a really fucked up system. I just yeah, didn't understand up. it, and it's like, just just be nice if you're reading it. And, Give it 50. I was, yeah. if, you, if you don't like it, don't give it anything. I was lying in bed last night, kind of depressed and looked, checked in on medium. And, um, you know, Ruby Noir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, that wasn't her name. Her name was, I forget it, it what was, her name was. With a C. Uh, she's the ballet dancer. Yeah. Yeah. She wrote, the nicest thing about me ever in the world. Like she wrote, she wrote this, an article or a comment. She wrote this article about her favorite writers on medium. And she included me in there and she was just like going on and on and on about how popular I was. And if you didn't know who I was, then you must be new. I mean, it was like, Oh my God, I'm getting a big head reading this. I couldn't believe she was saying this stuff. She was like, I, I knew who she was before I even wrote for any of her publications because everyone knows who she is. I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, that's great. So though. thank you and very much, Ruby Noir. That really meant a lot to me. <laughs> and you are very well known and very well liked on there. I mean, you know, I I had seen your name so much. You know, it kept popping up in my feed, and people would always say nice things about the things that you wrote. And as soon as I started reading you, I'm like, oh yeah. She's awesome. Well, she, Christy was brand new to Medium when she started The Memoirist, and mm-hmm. uh, it's it's kind of been the basis for a, a, a lot of good friendships that I've made since then. That's so great. She didn't know yeah. what she was doing when she started it. Nope. <laughs> I started it a week after I joined Medium, and it just And how long ago off. did you say you joined, Christy? I joined um, November um, – 2021 or October oh, okay. 2021. Yeah. That's right. That's I remember, yeah. I, I, was, I remember reading you fairly early on because I remember my wife and I used to do this thing called The Menu where we would highlight stories. And I think one of your first stories. Oh, we had, I like, remember the, you guys doing that. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of fun. And then that, well, it just got to be a little, a little bit too much work sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was a blast. And, and yeah, uh, the, your publications are wonderful. Oh, uh, thank you. And I know. Um, they help a lot of people because a lot of people share some really, you know, deep they're very, very they personal and, stories. Yeah. And I'm I'm honored to be a part of it. Her original idea was spot on. We haven't changed the model. Right, Christy? No, not really. The, the only thing is we made it more clear that uh, like on the memoirist, we would do memoirs, not 
memoirs and personal essays and other creative fiction. We really right. narrowed in the niche. And so, um, hey, Age of Empathy, I pretty much kept the same. Hey, I wanted to tell you something the other day because I was editing somebody's piece. And to be honest, when you when you brought me in as an editor, I had no fucking idea what the difference between memoir and personal essay or mm -hmm. I, I didn't know any of that. But I've learned. Nobody does. <laughs> Yeah, well, apparently not, but I have learned what it really means in the last year, year and a half because of it, because of your work and the way you share your stories. It's it's given me kind of a new way to see things and a new way to write some of my stories. It's really interesting. Cool. And I don't think I really knew the difference between those things either. But then as a reader, you know, just reading what you like you said, even like the guidelines for publication, I'm like, oh, OK, I kind of get it a little bit more. And, and, I, and I, of course, didn't tell you this and no one knew this, but I, I have tried writing a few pieces to submit to you with maybe some of some of the things that uh, have been really big struggles for me. And well, I mean, just honestly, I, I think I think I got to the point where I'm just not ready to put some of those things out into the world yet. But uh, I know yeah. that when I do, well, you know, hopefully you'll consider it for your publication. <laughs> and of yeah. course, I'm like an it, idea it's hard person. sometimes doing those things, you know, it is. Chris is always trying yeah. to rein me in from wanting to start more publications. I'm like, oh, I've got an idea. <laughs> I have a great it's hard. idea. He's like, we don't need any more. <laughs> we can't. We can't handle any more. I don't. I don't want to. Like you said about plethora of pop. Like I. I can't do any more. I don't want to be yeah. an editor full time. It doesn't yeah. pay the bills. You know, no. and that's the kicker. I mean, I love I you know, when I created my pub and I know just like you two did, too, it's great having like minded people writing the same kinds of things that, you know, you want to do. But uh, the writing part's wonderful and and the sharing part is wonderful. But uh, the the editing, I want to be being a publisher is one thing, but having to go in and be an editor for those things, it, it's it's a different thing. And there's parts of it that are nice. I, I've really loved helping, like especially some of the newer writers that worked mm -hmm. with Plethora Pop, you know, maybe where they were struggling because they were kind of just new to writing, not just new to medium, but new to writing and just helping them maybe format things and, and you yeah. know, being a little bit of a teacher that that that's a wonderful feeling. But, you know, that, it's, uh, it is wonderful, it's but you don't want to do it all the time. Yeah, exactly. Because like I you am, said, too, I mean, I'm sorry. Go I ahead, Chris. I'm big on helping like the newer people on Medium. I think that's a really nice thing. And that's what I try to, you know, say to the editors who work on our team. You know, if somebody is new, help them out. If they have questions, I always put in the newsletters, if you have questions or even if it's just about navigating Medium, that's what our editors are here for. They're here to help you out. Um, and I, just I always think love it's that. I nice always did love that, kind of, that part of it. Yeah, help, mm -hmm. helping people and just—it's uh, it, a good feeling. It, and what's unfortunate is, you know, you do have some people that fight you on things. Now I've had some people fight <laughs> me where they just didn't want to follow Medium's rules on things. Or I'm, I'm like, really, you have to credit the images that you're using. <laughs> you have to. It's—it's it's not my rule. It's Medium. And that's because writers like, uh, well, like us, are all prima donnas. All of us. Yeah, it's true. We want to do I don't have to play by your rules. Look at my words. They are golden on the page. You know, I think. <laughs> and that would be me. That's why I don't submit to a lot of different publications. I kind of keep to my own because I don't want anyone telling me my work needs editing. 
unless yeah. I go to him, Chris is my editor, unless I bring something to him and say, hey, can you take a look at this piece for me? I don't want someone telling me what to do. I'm too much of a diva. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's hard after you've had your own publication too to then sometimes submit to other ones who might not, you know, do things exactly the you know might not allow things that you want to do on your own or you've right. done in your own. Yeah. And I can't, I can't make myself wait for two or three days to hear back. Yeah. I, I don't know what that is, and I understand what it's like on the editorial perspective on that side of things too. I get it, but I'm still not going to wait two or three days just for you to tell me that I forgot to credit my image or something <laughs> yeah i know i've pissed off i've pissed off people because i've told them to credit there was someone like song lyrics for example you're supposed to credit song you lyrics. have to mm-hmm. yeah yeah and, but some people don't want to do that right and i had someone tell me you know he's, he he told me in a reply he's, he's like well fuck you i'm just gonna go publish it on my own and do i'm like that. okay well you know not only are you not publishing here but you know i i'm not following you anymore right <laughs> I'm just well, I'm not trying to give you a hard time. I'm just trying to not get my publication deleted. I just just last week I had an exchange with the um some of the medium staffers and they're talking about what they're up to with the boost program and all this stuff and without diving too far into that what is happening is the model that they're looking for is very much a story forward model. So the first line of curation is actually going to be the publications. So the editors and the publications are going to be the first step in curation. The second step is then the boost program. And then the third step is the medium curators themselves. They want the publications to be uh, reputable. They want those to be sources for good stories. And if you're going to write garbage or you want, you know, to spew your rants or your opinions out there, that's fine. But you're going to self-publish yeah. that stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> we don't want that. That's not what we want to put out there into the world. Yeah. And that is, you know, what you just said, I think, is part of the beauty of Medium, too. If you want to do your rants, if you want to write about, well, anything you want, you can do it there. Just mm-hmm. maybe don't expect to get your things boosted or, in some cases, read by a lot of people. You know, it's – uh it's wonderful to write what you want to write, whether it's nonfiction or fiction, but sometimes, you know, you're going to limit your audience with that. And, and I don't know, I, I think you two are probably both on the same page as I am with this. I mean, it, it's about, I don't know, it's about getting your work, your work out there, you know, what's inside of you out there. It's uh, of course, it'd be wonderful to make a ton of money doing these things, but uh, being able to, really tap into your own creativity, whether it's nonfiction, fiction, whether you're making other forms of art and, you know, doing it and putting it out there and maybe have some eyes on it. Oh, that's, that's more wonderful than any amounts of deposits I've had from medium or other things. You know, it's, it's great being able to share your things. There's no doubt. And working with Christy all this time too, and seeing some of the personal things that she's put out there. I mean, <laughs> You're really just putting your heart and soul into these pieces. You're healing and learning about yourself by publishing this stuff. It's it's a, a really amazing tool for healing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
absolutely. And I know I've read I've read things in your works, Chrissy, where I I could re- you know obviously we're different people, we've had different struggles, but I'm like oh I can relate to that part. She's talking, I can relate to those feelings that she was feeling, and I know when I've had different things I've suffered from, that's been one of the things that has made me feel better than anything else is seeing a thing that I'm not alone in that. And that's why uh, you write it and put it out there because if only one or two other people see it and they say, okay, I'm not alone in this. It's okay to feel this way. That's worth it. That's worth publishing it. Absolutely. I think that's why black bears really resonated with a lot of people to the mental health publication we have. Yeah, I know when I started exploring my ADHD and that kind of led me down other roads looking into depression and anxiety that I it usually from does. Yeah. 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 That, that, that I didn't even really fully realize what those things were as I was going through them, you know, especially when I was a teenager, I figured, oh, okay, I'm just another brooding teenager. I didn't really realize <laughs> the depth of the, you know, the real depression that I was going through and, you know, and just like the, the horrible deep, despairing kind of thoughts we sometimes have. And then just to see other people thinking those same, same things and feeling those things. I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm not some, you know, oddball. I'm not some freak show. I mean, so many more people than not have felt the same things that you are. And that, that it was almost like this wave of relief came over me then. It's like, okay, I'm not, I'm not this weird person. I'm just a person who's going through things like these other people are. Yeah. I've said this before, too, that those very, very personal things are the ones that we have in common. They're the ones that we connect us to other people. Yeah. And honestly, look back to what you said a second ago. I didn't really have the greatest picture of what real depression was until I met Christy and we became good friends. And I got kind of an inside view on her struggles. And I was just blown away. I would have never understood that otherwise. Yeah, it's, Glad um, I could oblige. <laughs> I, I don't mean to, you know, drag you through the mud or anything. I just, no, you're not. Uh, I'm kidding. I want to tell you that I appreciate you. That's all. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Loving the love today. <laughs> That's right. Well, today's the day for it. That's right. Yeah. Do you have any other big birthday plans? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Those are those to me are the best kinds of birthdays where there's no party and it's just like chilling out, doing what I want. A lot of times I'll watch like the same movies that I've seen 50 times. Those are the best movies. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. There's a good question. Uh, What would be one of those movies, Christy? Oh, God. You're going to watch Xanadu. No. Um, let's see. No, I want to watch Xanadu. Thanks. <laughs> I have a few. It all depends on my mood. Like, I love my old Hollywood standbys, like the Marilyn Monroe movies and oh, nice. um, Splendor in the Grass with Natalie Wood and um, Singing in the Rain. I love, like, all those old movies or if I was depressed and I wanted cheering up, it would probably be like a Mamma Mia. <laughs> oh, there you go. Or Mamma Mia too. Here we go again. <laughs> Something Mama could Mia be like that. Mamma Mia 2 was a really good sequel. I loved Mamma Mia 2. 
The music really is really good. good in it. It is. You mentioned the old musicals. Do you, uh, one of my favorite, it's not one of, it is my favorite old musical is Guys and Dolls. Did you ever oh, yeah. Like yep. That? Yep. That's one that I've loved for most of my life. And then shortly after Lisa and I got together, I tried to turn her onto that. And it was just turned out to be something we did not share. <laughs> she loved me and she watched about an hour of it. And she goes, you know, I think I'm going to go read for a while. Don't have your feelings hurt. I love you, but I'm not really Aww. liking your movie. And, uh, but you know, to each their own with that kind of thing. That's what kind of makes those favorite movies special. You've got your they own connection. With them. Yeah. And I like, Oh, I like <laughs> Betty Davis too. So like oh, yeah. maybe whatever happened to baby Jane, watch that or yeah. That's a great yeah, one. I like the, the oldies. Um, they were always, when I was younger, if I was depressed, I would always put on something, something golden like that. I would do that with like, um, the same, in, in this, along the same vein, like, uh, Jimmy Stewart movies or Cary oh, Grant yeah. movies, like a lot of those romantic mm -hmm. comedies, even like a Philadelphia mm -hmm. story or bringing up baby. It's like, mm -hmm. they just guaranteed to make you feel good. And I'm a big Marx brothers junkie. I love the oh, Marx really? brothers. Movies. <laughs> yeah, I've got all theirs. I've got all theirs on DVD. I mean, this, I love those old movies. How about you, Chris, for a movie you would yeah. watch? Yeah. Like, Star oh, Wars. Marvin. <laughs> I'm more of a uh, 70s and 80s kind of nerd. Um, I do the Star Wars movies. I can put them on anytime I'm feeling lousy or I can't sleep or whatever. And they they bring me right back to being like four years old or, you know, those are those. And I love the most most of those 80s movies. I love the Back to the Future movies because I think oh, yeah. that story is really compelling. Yeah. The 80s movies like, are fun, too. That Those are, are. Also, like I love all the John Hughes movies, of course. Oh, yeah. those are so so good. Yeah, they're they're guaranteed to make you feel good. I mean, if if I am channel surfing and like Weird Science is on or something, oh yeah, God. I'm gonna stop and watch Weird Science. I love right? Weird Science because I was in love with Kelly LeBrock when I was a kid. You know, it's just a fun movie. And Bill Paxton's That's, in it, man. Yeah, you can't go wrong hey. with Bill Paxton. Yeah, he was. That's great. true. He's he's dead now, right? Yeah. 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 Do you remember him being in the music video for that uh, odd song, Fish Heads? Did you, do you guys yes. know Fish Heads? Yes. Dr. Yeah, Demento. He was hilarious in that. <laughs> yeah. Chris, yeah, I mean, Chris I'm like, looks like Chris. a child who's lost right now. Are you lost? I'm lost. <laughs> I'll have to send We'll go back you. to the 70s and 80s then. Like for me, I, I, it's the Rocky movies. I could watch, I could put oh, the Rocky yeah. movies on anytime. So that's, those are up there. In fact, particularly Rocky four. If it is yes. on, I have to watch it. And my yeah. wife knows this. If we're flicking <laughs> through the channels and that movie's on, I'm, I'm sorry. I have, <laughs> we have to watch this now. And I'm sure she hates it. <laughs> yeah. I, my wife is patient with me with the Rocky movies, but uh, I know one of my ex-girlfriends was the one I was with the longest before I was with Lisa. She used to say to me, she goes, one day, I hope you love me as much as you love the Rocky movies. <laughs> <laughs> and well, yeah, I, well, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> but yeah, Rocky four. Oh man. I listen to the music from that all the time too. Oh, when, yeah. I, when I go to the gym, I have, the, I have on those songs and, um, uh, it's hard for me, like, especially um, uh, just the song when he's training in Russia. Well, um, I'm thinking of it right now, and I can't. Hard, I'm looking it up. Heart's on fire, right? Yeah. Dude, I can be on the, the bike or the treadmill or whatever, and it's hard for me not to yell out, Drago! Drago! At the end of that. It's so funny. 
I remember well, I was I was a kid and when we rented I think we rented or pirated that movie. My dad was that like VCRs. <laughs> we pirated all kinds of shit back then. But I remember Statue like, limitations <laughs> is done on that, so you think you're okay. When was it? Like nineteen eighty-eight or eighty four? Yeah. It was the late eighties. The Cold War was still going on, which is yeah. why it was such a hit. Right. Yeah, it was mid to late eighties. Right. I remember like we got the, the the tape and everyone came over to the house to watch it. It was a party. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I remember doing that with that with the first first blood movie, the first Rambo movie. Oh yes. That's still I think that one's my favorite. Yeah, me too. Me too. That that one was just – he became in some ways a little bit too much of a superhero himself after yes. that one. I mean, right. was still that one was survival. Yeah, it was. And then they but got kind of – yeah. I distinctly remember renting that movie at, and watching it on a Friday night, and then some friends came over and rewound it and watched it again, and then rewound it and watched it again. More people kept coming over, just like you just said. It was like yep. this, this event. The 80s were great for stuff like that. Yep. You're making me want to pull out my Rocky impression, Chris. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Adrian. <laughs> he, tortured, she tortured me with that a couple months ago. I was like, Chrissy, stop it. And she just kept doing it. <laughs> Do it Yo, one more time. Adrian. <laughs> terrible if i wasn't already married christy (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome yeah those movies are so much fun i want to go listen to hearts on fire it's so good oh my god there there was there was some good music in those and of course i have the tiger it's it's hard not to feel so christy already knows this about me because i was in the army band and (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah i remember you talking about that on a previous show yeah, I've told this story a couple times, but they, <laughs> while the whole I was at Fort Bliss, the whole base would go on these once in a couple times a year. They'd go on a base run. They'd have every unit like in running in formation around the base doing their whole thing. Well, the band, because our reputation wasn't nerdy enough, they would set <laughs> us aside and we'd be playing like standing at the finish line, honking away on Eye of the Tiger. It was oh, so great. embarrassing. <laughs> I love that. So bad. <laughs> and I'm sorry if you hear sirens right now. I live like less than a mile away from a hospital. So unfortunately, oh, no. that's a danger. Well, I think we should probably uh, wrap things up because uh, this has been a great, great interview. I've really yeah, enjoyed this. Oh, thanks. I've had a lot of fun. Hey, you, can come back. you can come back anytime. Oh, uh, nice. You'll have to let us know after we air it what you thought of Riverside, too, because yeah. for us, this has been uh, what, what's the word? Uh, better better <laughs> revolutionary so, um, well yeah I, i'm uh i'm, I'm curious well I, I mean is this all going to be in the show what we're talking about right now it doesn't <laughs> have to be it doesn't have to be we'll probably cut the end of it out okay i was just going to say that i've just i'm so new to this and so far i've just done spotify for podcasters actually i i, I never knew about it till christy read the little commercial for it in one show <laughs> And um, the first show I I interviewed Zappa, I used that. 
to record, and the audio wasn't fantastic with that. It's this better if I'm better. doing it by myself. But interviewing him, there was a lot of uh, little glitches and things. But then I used Zoom when I talked to Terry Barr, and that worked out pretty well. So This is our favorite so far. We've played around with all those other things. Mm-hmm. We've used mm-hmm. both Spotify and um, – Zoom. This is the best because like I emailed you, this separates each one of us into their own track. So even if there's jumbled stuff while we're having the conversation, she'll never hear it when she edits it. It comes through perfectly. Like that part where he froze and we Mm -hmm. couldn't hear what he said. That will be clear on the track. That's great. And it's easy to edit through you edit through them i guess i I use audition so i download everything and then i see edit edit on my own but you cannot you can edit in here great and let me ask you this do you recommend people do wear headphones in these shows because i didn't even think about that for this recording you sound great yeah you sound great so i don't know if it'll matter yeah i'm gonna sound like crap because i realized about five minutes ago that i'm using my um mac microphone and not the oh, microphone okay. I'm talking hey, into. You know what? This will be a good test, though, because you sound totally normal to me. I, if you wouldn't have told me, I wouldn't know. Yeah. You sound great to me. It's coming through great here. Oh, good. So, buddy, thanks right. thanks for taking oh, yeah. some time on yes. a Sunday to chat with us. This is really Thank great. You. I really enjoyed it. I, I was nervous coming into it, but oh. uh, it was... It, it was a lot of fun, so I thank you both. Thank and you I'm for joining my it. birthday party. Oh, sure. Have a fantastic <laughs> birthday. Really, watch movies, do whatever the hell you want. It is Christy Day. It is Christy Day. Have a blast. And uh, thank you both again. This was I really, really enjoyed this. Thank okay, you. buddy. Thanks a bunch. Right, we'll talk to you soon. All right. See you. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Unfocused Writer. For show notes and extras, visit theunfocusedwriter.com. Production and post-production provided by The Tranquil Tavern. Until next time, stay focused.